I think probably one of my favorite things about GMM is is the way that I'm able to scaffold lessons so that kids are able to feel success because, I mean, especially middle school, high school, half the battle is getting them to feel comfortable, first of all, with making mistakes because it's going to happen, but um, comfortable with the content to be able to proceed forward with what we're working on. So I, I love how many different things that I can pull from GMM, where if I see that kids are struggling, we, you know, we can take some steps back and we can scaffold that lesson a little bit better with some of the basic skills that are leading up to that. Um, I think just having kids feel successful in the classroom is huge. And that's honestly, to me, half the battle. Welcome to the Get More Math podcast, where we support teachers in their quest for long-term student gains. This is a podcast for teachers to share their passion for math education, learn best practices from experts in the field, and swap ideas for student success. This is community. This is Get More Math. Hello, this is Josh Britton with the Get More Math podcast. Thanks so much for stopping by. This season, we're talking to math teachers who often use Get More Math. We want to know more about their stories, more about their adventures, what's working, what's delightful, what has been really neat or fun or good, and celebrate those things. So today we have another teacher with us. We have our guest, Mandy Beck. I'm really excited to have her as she has been using Get More Math for several years and has been really involved in helping us develop the product. So uh, Mandy, good evening, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, uh Good, good evening to you. I'm Mandy Beck. I teach eighth grade at Tyrone Area Middle School in Tyrone, Pennsylvania. This is my 14th year of teaching. Um, this is my sixth year at Tyrone. And I think I've been using Get More Math for about five years now. Excellent. So how did you hear about Get More Math? Interestingly enough, the fir- my first experience with Get More Math was actually, um, we were given the opportunity to work with some high school students um, who needed to get a little bit of remediation before they took the Keystone exam for the second Mm. time. And our high school teachers were actually using um, the Get More Math kind of as a remediation tool, I think, at that point. Um, So I had a student that was working on it. I'd never seen it before. And I honestly had no clue what it was. I didn't know what all the boxes were. They were, you know, I I was just kind of there to help out. Um, But I really liked the the different types of questions and and the format of how, you know, it wasn't following any specific guidelines. They were just randomized problems. So the kids had to figure out, you know, how to solve them when a problem just popped up on the screen. So that was my first experience with it. Um, And then as uh, the next year came, we had started the school year off. We were probably in about the first unit of instruction, finishing that up. And one of my colleagues had said that Erica Martin in the high school um, had started using this program called Get More Math. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do remember, you know, I remember seeing that a little bit last year. Um, And she had talked about how awesome it was and her kids were doing really well with it. And we actually have three teachers in the middle school that teach seventh and eighth grade algebra one. And we thought we could use it for our algebra one classes. So we kind of... uh, had Erica Martin give us a crash course in in the Java version of of GMM, mm. which is still my favorite. I'm still a I, I love the Java version. <laughs> but um, from there, uh, we decided to try it out. And at first, we were kind of like, you know, we'll use it as a as a Friday kind of review type thing. And Erica kind of urged us, you know, you're not going to get as much out of it if you don't use it consistently. So we kind of decided, you know, the first unit we're done with, we're starting to get into the second unit. So we decided let's go ahead and try it for at least this unit and see how it goes. Um, And it just went from there. Uh, 
as the more that we learned and, and we used Erica Martin as a huge resource. I mean, she was fantastic in get, making sure that we knew kind of where to go from each lesson. And uh, from there, everything kind of, you know, five years later, still using it. So, Well, that's great. Thanks for the stories. And it's, it's fun to hear Erica's name. I know um, we've had her on the show and she is now the president of Get More Math. So I heard. Congratulations to her. Yeah. Well, congratulations <laughs> to us. We're really yes. excited to have her at the helm. Well, you know, you said something that I, I have to smile because you said uh, Java is still your favorite. Oh, so yeah. for anybody listening who's not familiar, <laughs> we have had two versions of Get More Math for teachers. One is Java, which is no longer with us. And now we have what we call our web app. So just for what it's worth, Java is my favorite, too, simply because it I worked on it for 15 years, Mandy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it had everything like it had it sliced and it diced and, uh, you know, it could whistle and oh yeah and, uh, it, so every like it's it's taking a long time for us to reproduce the some of the functionality that that like everybody has their favorite thing i had the teacher across the hall from you on this show a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and i asked her for her favorite thing and she had this one feature that was like the thing so anyway it was near and dear to me and extremely painful to have to <laughs> let it go but it like the kind of like its strength was its weakness i made it in what at the time was a like a cutting edge technology. And now it's like this antiquated technology. It doesn't run on iPads. It doesn't run on Chromebooks. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. so we, we had to make a really painful choice, <laughs> but it, it doesn't stop being hard for me. So um, <laughs> thank you for investing so much time into that product and, uh, and, and for your love and delight in it. I'm curious. I mean, this is kind of, cart before the horse. I usually ask this later of veteran mm-hmm. users. But if you had to pick one thing that had become like really valuable to you that we actually don't have anymore, maybe you could tell me what what, what would that be? Probably the calendar. That was my favorite. Like I use that all the time. Um, I was big on, uh, which I now, I, I can now see the, the uh, percentages, but uh, we actually set up a lot. I was trying to really work to my kids towards not necessarily getting a ton of points, but we were looking more at accuracy. And mm-hmm. um, last year was probably the first year that I finally got my kids to start using the calendar and we could kind of keep track of what their, per- you know, their percentage was, which I can still see in the in the web app. I was just so used to the calendar. That was probably my favorite thing that I used. And I really got used to using it quite a bit um because i'd reference it every single week we would look at their yeah. percentages so see the changes yep well that's really interesting because you know we, we've built a calendar into the student map mm-hmm. um but i didn't think of putting accuracy like yeah. i i know i put that into the teacher calendar and the java app but it's i i lost sight of that that's you know that's maybe we'll do that yeah, it. I mean, we. Um, I used to. I created this, this this kind of currency in my classroom last year. I haven't quite done it yet this year with being in the hybrid system. But we had GMM books, and the kids would earn GMM books. They would get some for getting every fifty points. They would get a GMM book, but they would also get it for accuracy. So mm. we kind of have this hashtag eighty nine thing at our school. So if they got an eighty nine percent or higher accuracy, they would earn this oh, currency cool. that they could use in the classroom. Because I wanted to start getting my kids, I mean, tons of points is great. And I think that's fantastic. Right. But 
if you're doing that with with high accuracy, that's even more important. And I wanted the kids to start to see the importance of how accurate they were being with their questions. And I could finally, I mean, they would be checking as they were working, like, oh, I'm at 92%. I have to be careful, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny. Um, Of course, you probably have this with the program since you've used it for years. I have this with the program just because it's my baby. I have a thousand ideas of things that would be fun. And here's one that I've I half wrote like 10 years ago and never finished. But you know how you can see as a student which kids have the most points today yes. and s- some kids really like the competition. Mm-hmm. I have often thought that I should widen that and have like there's a sort of a most points today, but then there's the longest streak of problems Ooh. right in a row. That would be fantastic. And I would what love would be that. fun <laughs> with that would be like it would be like Foursquare. You, do you ever play Foursquare? I have not, no. So it's this game where like you bounce balls and there's there's a, a, a square that's then subdivided into four little squares. And the, there's this one corner where you're you're like the leader. You're, you're like in position number one. So you get to start with the ball and you're like the ruler of four square. But then if, if you lose, you have to go out and wait in line. And then when you finally get back to the game, you're number four and you kind of work your way up. Anyway, the point is anyone can be number one. And like what I like about this as a competition is it's not about points. Mm -hmm. It's about focus. It's about accuracy. And eventually you will make a mistake. Well, which means you're you're, you'll bump from like the person with the most points in a row, correct, to the person with the least. And the next person will bump you off. And I think that that's sort of what have this fun tension. Like you could just almost hear that moment like, oh, where where somebody like becomes number one because number oh, one yeah. finally made a mistake. Anyway, yeah. Oh, I like uh, that idea. I think that's yeah. really good. <laughs> well, I, I, like I said, it's, it's in the, it's in the bin of like tons of like some days. Yes. So, yes. I mean, yeah. Anyway, we, we, we keep playing with it. You know, I remember visiting your classroom. Yes, you Is did visit my classroom. Yep. You were like a celebrity. <laughs> well, it was, it was funny. It's the only time in my life where like I've walked into a middle school and had all these kids be like, oh, that's Josh yes. Britton. <laughs> GMM Josh, as they call you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you had like, there's some kids in your, one of your classes who had actually gone to your school board and done like a presentation yes. on Get More Math. Yep. Yep. They did. So, so obviously your kids had a really positive vibe. Like they were like, you know what? This is cool. We're learning math. Um, so I, I wonder if you could tell me what, what was it, what is it about your your structure, your usage that really builds that kind of positive momentum in, in the room? I think probably one of my favorite things about GMM is is the way that I'm able to scaffold lessons so that kids are able to feel success because, I mean, especially middle school, high school, half the battle is getting them to feel comfortable, first of all, with making mistakes because it's going to happen, but um, comfortable with the content to be able to proceed forward with what we're working on. So I, I love how many different things that I can pull from GMM, where if I see that kids are struggling, we, you know, we can take some steps back and we can scaffold that lesson a little bit better with some of the basic skills that are leading up to that. Um, I think just having kids feel successful in the classroom is huge. And that's honestly, to me, half the battle. I mean, yes, they have to understand the content, but if they're not feeling comfortable and confident, I'm not going to get much out of them. So I think a lot of it is just being able to have the opportunity to set up my lessons to where kids start to feel that success. And that's where Mm -hmm. usually, especially with my struggling kids, 
we start with the basics and we build ourselves, you know, build that lesson up to where, you know, they need to be. And when they start feeling that success and they start getting those points and, you know, all the smiley faces are, are raining down, that's whenever you start to see the, the little bit of a shift. And sometimes it takes a little bit longer for, for kids to catch on or, or want to do, you know, that intrinsic motivation. Sure. But um, I find to be as soon as the kids start to feel that little bit of success, they just um, they kind of fly with it. And I've seen some kids that that really kind of didn't want to do much in the beginning, but, you know, had no choice because, you know, the, the assessments were or the uh, assignments were there for them to work on and they had to keep working on it and keep working on it. And if they didn't ask questions, I would come and, you know, come to them instead, because I love that the red number, you know, I can see mm. if it's been six minutes since it's been a, since you got a question correct. So I'll come to you if you're not going to come to me. So you really hmm. can't hide. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll come and see, you know, where you're at. I love that about it. The data on my screen is super powerful. So if you haven't seen what Mandy's talking about, just there's the current status view where you can see all the kids that are logged in, and then you can see how long it's been since each student answered a question correctly. And I would usually take and click on the little arrow by that column so that it would order the the kids by like longest stuck down to the, mm -hmm. the most recently completed. And it was kind of fun because if things were going well, as kids would kind of go up to the longest stuck, but then all of a sudden they get a problem, right? And bam, they'd go back down to the bottom of the list again. And, mm -hmm. and actually, so has it ever happened to you, Mandy, where you teach a lesson, things seem to go pretty well, you give a get more math assignment? The kids log in and like six or seven minutes later, you look at your screen and there's like 10 kids who've all been stuck for seven minutes. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> I'm sure so, it probably happened to everybody. <laughs> right. So what, what, what does that mean to you? Like, how do you handle that moment? Usually that's that's whenever we pull it back as a whole group and I can pull up a problem on my screen and we can we can try to figure out exactly what's going on. What's what's the hold up? Um, because mm -hmm. usually if there's that many kids that are struggling, then there's, it's a teachable moment. It's time to go back and re-examine what's going on, you know, and, and usually it, it can sometimes be something super small, especially um, one of the things I, I really like, and we were just working with some volume formulas is rounding issues, unit issues, mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. those little things that can be easily just covered as a class. So usually it's just whole group. Let's, let's bring it back and kind of look at this. And it kind of gives those kids that do get it and do understand it a chance to, to shine in the classroom as well, because there are still going to be some kids that that get it and they can help each other, which is kind of nice. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really fun. I, I would also sometimes, I remember afterwards I'd sit down and I'd write notes to myself like today, like, you know, 10 minutes into the lesson, 10 kids didn't understand. So, or 10 minutes into the assignment. I mean, so next year, here's what I'm going to do because I, it usually meant there's something about my, my presentation or mm -hmm. like that. I, there were areas where I thought, everything was fine. And without Get More Math, they would have left that room and never, we would never have discovered the little funny issue to the day I gave the quiz or I don't know, mm -hmm. down the trail. Anyway, so for me, it was funny because I, I wrote a program that actually every now and again smacked me upside the head. <laughs> you, know, you know, like my own program did that to me, but it's, I, I experienced it as a positive thing because it was a, a wonderful opportunity to discover where the gaps were in my own instruction. Mm -hmm. Do you ever do you ever split them? Do you ever say like, okay, I see, you know, the six of you have your get more math, your hands are up, you know, so why don't you all like come over here or something? Or do you, do you usually go kind of with a group? I I haven't really done a whole lot of that. 
usually I, I try to individualize as much as I possibly can, which can be exhausting. So that's a really yeah. good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of the things that I like about the system is if we give you the data and then you're the expert, do what is indicated. So if individual, you know, help is indicated, go for it. I There's no right answer there, mm-hmm. right? It's just whatever seems to make the most sense. We would like to invite all of our listeners to visit our website at getmoremath.com, where you'll find helpful information about how Get More Math can help you transform the math education experience through targeted mastery and cyclical review. We welcome you to take advantage of our free trial for the 2021 school year. Find more information about the free trial at getmoremath.com. Now, back to the show. Well, so you've been using Get More Math forever, and you did sort of already indicate you've had you've seen some students kind of on a regular basis, it sounds like, on a year-to-year basis, kind of build confidence. Mm-hmm. And just to review, your the secret to your success is to start really, really simple with basics mm-hmm. and then yeah. gradually build. And I will tell you that the most common newbie error is to do the opposite. Um, oh, yeah. I'm people, sure I've made that mistake as well. <laughs> probably so. I, people arrive at the um, program and they find there's like 3,000 skills here. And they have, under rightly, they have this understanding in my state, a kid who's coming to seventh grade is supposed to know all of this other stuff. So I'll pull it all in. And uh, and then kids get overwhelmed and uh, get frustrated. And it, it's, it's another one of my like gosh, someday I'm going to change the program a little bit, is like, if you try to make an assignment that has like 20 skills in it, it'll at least tell you, hey, generally, this isn't a good idea. <laughs> like, like, just, it's funny, because I, I want you to be completely in control. So mm-hmm. if you're like, no, 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 I want an assignment with 20 skills. Well, like, okay, you're the professional. But we do, we do see that um, the inverse of your what makes you successful, we, we see happening sometimes as people are getting used to it. Well, it's I, I kind of spoiled my next question, so you can't use my answer. Okay. If you were if you were to be talking to someone who hadn't used Get More Math, was was going to start using it next week, looking back at your own experience and trying to kind of whittle it down, what would you tell them to try to help make sure they had a successful beginning? Probably, definitely start small. Um, give give the kids a chance to feel that success, get, give them an opportunity to really get a chance to, to get their feet wet with the program. And I would say probably one of the things that, that I didn't do a good job of whenever I first started was to actually try the problems out myself. Uh, um, yeah. Because I've, I mean, I, I blindly have given problems for them to work on and, and I wasn't really sure exactly what, what the outcome was going to be in terms of, for example, graphing those linear equations when we're looking mm-hmm. at work problems, um, when to use a ray versus a segment. And, and they ended up bringing really great conversations, um, but trying them out ahead of time is really, really important, I think. And modeling how to do that um, for the students, I think, alleviates a lot of the, the questions that you don't want to get like the you know how to use the program it, then you get the more the, the better questions where kids are asking specifically about the math not how to mm-hmm. type an answer in and things like that so yeah that's that's really important I, i'm glad you mentioned that i i completely agree it's it's one of the fascinating design challenges of making get more math was i i didn't want just a bunch of multiple choice mm-hmm. i wanted some multiple choice i think that's an appropriate at at some level but I wanted more interaction and more open-ended. 
But as soon as you do that, then you have all these design considerations of how do you graph things and uh, how do you enter scale and do our units required? And what if somebody writes an equation? This is even funny to say, quote, backwards, unquote, or an unreduced fraction. Is that acceptable? Like all this stuff, whereas if you just put up multiple choice, like you don't have to worry about any of that. But then so then I've had to make tons and tons and tons of difficult like uh, this way or that way decisions and what you just said about like figuring out what josh did and why he did it before <laughs> you before you dump it in front of the kids especially graphing actually that particular mm-hmm. topic super important i think worth doing yeah and it, and it ended up bringing up really good conversation you know because i mean i think the kids really got a lot out of it because we got to talk about, you know, why are we going to use array? Why does this make sense in mm-hmm. the context of the problem? Why would we use a segment? Why does it? So it ended up being really good in the long run, but um, it's really a good idea to try those out ahead of time for sure. Well, so that's good advice for, for new users. I'm curious to know, like, so you've, you have like kind of a long arc of use. Has, has your use pattern changed over the years? Yeah. Um, I would say absolutely. Uh, We started kind of just following when we first started um, my very first year, we kind of followed along with the book and and we taught and then we'd have the practice. This year, I've tried something a little bit different Um, because we are in a hybrid setting. um, I've kind of introduced a flipped classroom to my kids for the virtual days. So um, I will give them example problems. And then because I'm not, I, I prefer their practice specifically to be with me. I like it whenever they're with mm-hmm. me so that I can answer any of those little yes. questions. Um, yeah. So what I usually, what I've, what I've done a few times is had them, I printed off a worksheet from GMM and I've uploaded into Google and they can just type their answer. And so it's a little less risky, I guess, that okay. um, they can be wrong. And I actually prefer to see that because when they're working at home on those virtual days, I can't, I'm not with them. So I don't know what mm-hmm. mistakes they're making. So when they input their answers and they're wrong, that actually gives me you know, my starting point for our lesson. Like, when oh, they come back into class, we can talk about, all right, well, this is what I was seeing when you guys submitted your answers. And we can kind of start our lesson with just talking about misconceptions and mistakes that were made. And then they actually get the opportunity to practice those in GMM while I'm there. So well, I, that's great. Yeah, it's it's been working pretty well. I, I like it. Um, I'd be even thinking if we end up going back to um, full-time instruction that I might end up continuing that so that... Hmm utilizing the time a little bit more where their practice is with me and we can kind of talk about those those mistakes that are happening and the misconceptions um, because it is it has been pretty powerful and I've been able to I think hone in on those things a little bit more than I, I could if they were working at home on the program where I'm not with them and I can't specifically see what their areas of weakness are right or, or you you know if, if you were if you were like online at the exact same time as them but it's asynchronous right they can do their work anytime yeah they want. yeah because yeah. we have students i'm teaching students while they are working um at yeah home, so yeah 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 good luck yeah trying to manage all of that uh although i think some some places are, are doing that like there's the there's a camera and there's a mm-hmm. microphone and that sounds really difficult yes well i actually i'd like to know more about your your hybrid system so do you mean that they're actually watching like a video you've made or reading some content and then doing a worksheet all before you've ever seen them or had them with you on that particular topic? 
Yes. Yep. Wow. Um, I And that's, the, again, one of the things I really like about um, GMM is I can give them the basic skill so they can actually be introduced. So, for example, we're just starting um, properties of exponents. So they got to look at specifically how to work with negative and zero exponents, and they got introduced to the product property. And when they come back to me on Monday, we'll re recap that, and then I'll actually get into more complicated problems where they're they're using more than one base and using the product property. So it allows them to already have that basic understanding of how that process works, and then I can actually expand on it whenever they come back to the classroom. So I, I'm a little confused. You said, just to be clear, Mm -hmm. When they're doing those basic exponent problems at mm -hmm. home, is that on the, the PDF that they can yes. enter answers into? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Just yeah. making sure I understand. And then when they come back, you make sure they understand. You can see what answers they put in. You address the misconceptions. And then you have them practice something more sophisticated under your care. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I really yeah. like it. You know, I, I, it's the tool that I made is not specifically designed for the moment you're in. So it's fun for me to hear how you're like adapting it to your needs. Because I, I, you know, I didn't have any kind of hybrid or remote sensibilities when I made it. I, in fact, I made it to explicitly and thoughtfully expose student weaknesses and kind of call them out mm -hmm. so that the teacher could know what they are and the student could know what they are. And they, together they could hammer away. But I didn't have in mind like a, somebody, you know, at 1130 at night, on a Thursday trying to knock down a couple lessons because she's a little behind or, you know what I mean? Like that's, mm -hmm. that was the last thing. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't even the last thing. It was just not part of the plan. So kudos to, for, for finding kind of creative ways to using it, uh, you know, using the, you know, it's like taking a hammer and using it as a, a pry bar or something. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that metaphor works, but that's what you're doing. Do you have any specific stories that stand out from your, get more math years? I have one in particular of a student that I had. When I first started at Tyrone, I actually taught both seventh and eighth grade. So there would be some students that I would end up getting two years in a row. Um, so that was really cool to be able to see their progression from the beginning yeah. of seventh grade to the end of eighth grade. Um, and I, I have one particular student that, that sticks out in my mind. Um, she was very, very quiet. Um, I could, she never participated when called upon, it was even, you know, hard to hear her. And she was really, really struggling. And this was pre getting started with get more math. You know, I've been in contact with her parents, we were trying to set up, you know, some tutoring times. And it just she was really, really struggling. And that was when I was first introduced to get more math in the beginning of that school year, when we kind of mm -hmm. were trying it out. And towards you know, halfway through, I felt pretty comfortable, you know, with it. So I started integrating it a little bit into my other classes. So I actually don't teach algebra one in seventh grade, but there were some skills within there that I was able to pull and I was able to use with some of my seventh graders. Yeah, interesting. And that's whenever um, the student really started to shine. Hmm. So she went from really, really struggling to a student that was um, starting to gain that that confidence. And by the time she left me in seventh grade, she, you could tell she was just feeling a little bit, you know, confidence was growing. Um, and it just so happened that I was able to get her again in eighth grade. And I can remember it was meet the teacher night and her and her mom came and I was kind of discussing a little bit about and I said, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with get more math. And there's a lot of stuff that we're going to be doing this year that involved get more math and the smile on her face hmm. kind of said, you know, how how happy she was. And throughout that year, 
that eighth grade year when I had her, I mean, she became one of my strongest students. Um, she probably finished in the top of that class. Um, I could finally, I mean, she was raising her hand almost all the time in order to call me over. I actually had to <laughs> talk to her at one point and say, you know, I started instituting this thing called a red dot roll. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. No, this me. is so good. Okay, <laughs> for like, I hope everybody has listened to this point in the show. That, <laughs> that's the best story yet. Yeah. So t- the, tell me the red dot. What's the, the red, red dot, dot rule? Um, I had to start initiating with some of my kids because you know when you have twenty five to thirty kids in one classroom, um, you're you're working really hard um, to be able to answer all those questions. So I instituted a red dot rule, which was that they were not allowed to ask me any questions unless they already got the question wrong in advance, Mm. because I want them to try. I want them to try something before me telling them specifically what to do, because, you know, we talk so many times about um, how powerful it is to learn from your mistakes and knowing yeah. what you did wrong. And um, we always would force them to write their work out so that when I came over, you know, I could see specifically and we could. Oh, you know, I've seen that. Through. I remember yeah. that. Yes. All the dry race stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, she became one of my kids that I had to institute the red dot rule because she was just calling me over like, you know, eight, nine times in, mm-hmm. in a period. It felt so like. Was that, so. I mean, it, that's an interesting potential outcome of like of highly elevating like accuracy or if somebody's saying look i want to see gold stars you know which are so hard to earn mm-hmm. you could see how students learn how that works and they're like well then i i don't want to submit until i'm absolutely sure i'm right and the, who knows better than the teacher yes <laughs> if i'm yep. yeah that is really <laughs> i i really like that that's kind of the goal to figure out what the mistakes are address them and then try again learning that like it's okay to make mistakes and that mistakes can help you grow and uh, all that all that growth mindset stuff and I think that's another really cool thing about the program is um, we're starting to use it in some of our younger grades Um, and I'm really I haven't instituted a red dot rule in a really long time because I think they've just gotten used to I think Mm. they're honestly more comfortable making mistakes now than they ever have been which is wonderful (laughs) yeah Yeah. Um, I'm I'm I mean I'm still answering questions and going around but um, in those first couple of years, the red dot rule was, was pretty consistent that I had to use it, but I, I haven't used it yet at all this year. So huh. things are going pretty well. And I know my kids have been working on it. I know our sixth grade teachers, our seventh grade teachers are using them pretty frequently now too. So they've just really adapt, like they've adapted, I think, to being able to accept the fact that mistakes are going to happen and try to figure out some of the stuff on their own, which is super powerful. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, that that red dot rule is a great way to uh, <laughs> kind of bring this conversation towards an end. I, th- I think that that's that's the nugget at the end of this conversation. Although I, I did have another question for you. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it wasn't really a question. This is more of a of a statement. So I just wanted to tell you personally in here on our show, thank you so much for all the ways that you've contributed. You've made a real difference. You've I you've helped us find those early bugs. Like you, when I made what we currently call the student app, which probably most people who are listening who use Get More Math, they're like, what do you mean the student app? I just mean what the student sees. Uh, it wasn't always as it is. And you were an early user of it. I don't know if you realize that, but you were. <laughs> and you and, and your friends, uh, you guys really helped me to make it into something that's stable and reliable and find a few weird bugs here and there. So thank you for that. And it, it, it just... Whenever I talk to folks in your area who've been using it for a while, I really always remember how, on the one hand, I feel like I made this. But on the other hand, like 
I, I really have relied on the community of math teachers who caught the vision and really helped carry it. Like you designed it, how, I don't know, a whole bunch of problems, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Could, could and you I do even like tell telling me how many? Kids, um, oh, I have no idea. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And my my yeah. own steps kids are are using the program at their school as well, so I get to kind of tell them that like I I created that problem, so enjoy it. <laughs> and, oh, that's so fun! Have you seen your designs in action? Yes, yes, I oh. have. Yes, and, and I've and, even told my students, I'm like, well, this is one that I came up with. Enjoy it, guys. <laughs> do you? I feel like you should laugh more maniacally when you. <laughs> exactly. Well, that is. I mean, I don't know. Does that give you a kick to see that it on does. the screen? It yeah. does. It's really cool to see. I mean, that was it was a lot of hard work, but it was super. I mean, it was it was very challenging, but very yeah. rewarding because I get to actually see what I what I've created, and my my students are benefiting from it. So it's really cool. Great. Well, thanks again, and thanks for stopping by. It's been fun catching up. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Get More Math podcast. Drop us a comment and let us know what you thought about this episode. You can always connect with us at getbarmath.com. Have a great day.